0: You you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir,
1: I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
2: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls?
1: Hang up the phone! Prank caller! Prank caller!
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on to Packernet. Whoa, after dark, <laughs> this is a call-in show of the Pac-A-Net Podcast Network. Uh, if you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so why don't we get started with Carson?
1: Oh my God! Yeah!
2: All right. (laughs) Jeez. I feel like I didn't bring enough energy to the show. I apologize. I should just have Carson open the show for us. So we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's great. Kyle from Madison.
3: Ryan, Kyle from Madison. It is officially 2024. I'm I'm kind of wondering like what the calls surrounding this call. It's like almost 1 a.m. Just getting back from a party. I'm wondering if there's some people calling in feeling no pain, so that'll be fun to watch right. or to listen to. But yeah, I've just been riding high after this win. Yeah, hopefully uh, Myers is okay. That that concerns me, but uh, but what a what a freaking fantastic win! And um, I, I just a couple little little uh, little nuggets here that I've been thinking about. One of the superpowers of this team this year and of our young quarterback, and I think of Lafleur. this year, is like learning from the previous weeks. And so last week against Carolina, they didn't do a particularly good job of managing the clock when they had a bigger lead and really just milking that clock on some longer drives. They were snapping the ball with 18, 20 seconds left on the play clock. Obviously, it almost bit them. Um, I mean, like literally one second, right? I thought this week, I mean, it was noticeable, these drives, they're bringing the clock, the play clock down to four, three, four or less. Um, They're long drives. Just soul-crushing drives for the Vikings, right? Eight, nine play, six to eight-minute drive. I just, I was so impressed with that. Um, And then you start thinking, oh my God, you know, After halftime, loves doing this with Aaron Jones. Obviously, that's a big help. Mm -hmm. But then Malik Keith, Bo Melton, and Tucker Craft. Like, that's who's out there, dude. Like, what are we doing? Right. Um, You think there's some other teams kicking themselves for not for not signing uh, Melton this week? I couldn't believe that they like. I I think, unless I'm misunderstanding, they dropped him and then re-signed him this week. And then he ends up beingner what the first what is it the first rookie over a hundred yards or something right. um also it's pretty cool that our quarterback has now beat all of our division rivals in their stadium um, I thought that was interesting, and again, like just seems like you give love two cracks to somebody like he's got that chip he remembers, mm-hmm. and it between him and the floor, the brain trust man they seem to solve some problems um so. What an incredible win by by the team. And if they can play with a lead, I mean, this defense looks totally different. Um, so who knows what's going to happen next week, man. But just some crazy little tidbits I've been thinking about. And what a performance. All right,
2: peace. Yeah, so he was our first receiver to crack 100 yards is, I think, the the thing. So he was actually drafted in the seventh round by the Seattle Seahawks in 2022 um i just went back to look at it because I, I i just realized like i i remembered that he was fast and that's about all i remember 5'11, 189 out of rutgers he was a seventh round pick pick 230 in the 2022 draft i went back to look at where he was expected to be draft and drafted and they had him at 146 146 as a fifth round pick so he was expected to be around you know mid to early fifth round and then yeah i mean he's he's got 94th percentile speed 81st percentile short shuttle 89th percentile 10 yard split 80th percentile vert 79th even in bench but a lot of the other stuff is is less than uh the the uh, broad jump three cone his height weight hands arm obviously wingspan all the the size stuff i'm looking over at uh, nfl draft buzz they've got a couple different um rankings and positions here. So, for example, NFL.com has him ranked 201st. Draft Buzz, the site I'm on now, has him 190th. Uh, PFF had him 182. Um, MDDB had him 149. ESPN had him 124. Our Lads had him ranked 62nd. So I go and look at it, and sure enough, Greg De Palma, 2022 NFL Draft Rankings, top 100. This was written January 8th, 2022. And sure enough, right there, number sixty-two, which is actually hilariously enough, he had him two spots ahead of Romeo Dobbs. He had Romeo Dobbs sixty-fourth, Bo Melton sixty-second. And you know who is ranked sixty-ninth on this big board? Samori Ture. This guy must have loved the Packers draft. Well, especially now that we have uh Bo Melton on it. He also had Devontae Wyatt ranked fifteenth, so I mean Loved our pick as late as we got him. Had him ahead of Jordan Davis. I'm starting to wonder if this guy's like a Packers scout, like secretly just like screwing around online. (laughs) So it is interesting because obviously not everybody has a consensus view on people and, and it's crazy to see the range that some people had. And obviously you're going to be swayed by his speed, which is pretty ridiculous. But I also think it's important for people like me who look at it and like, okay, he's a seventh round pick, whatever, to realize that, you know, that that's just sort of where he ended up. Other teams, I mean, including, for example, the Seahawks, the Packers, whatever, they could have had fifth, sixth round picks on them. They just didn't get him because they had, you know, fourth round picks on guys when they were in the fifth round and sixth round or whatever. So they just didn't get around to Bo Melton. So I don't know. I don't know. And again, I don't want to get too over the top in terms of what he's able to do. But you can't help but be impressed. I mean, he didn't take any snaps with Seattle. We never saw anything. Um, he didn't really get any opportunities week 12 against Denver. His first time out there, he basically had a 70 PFF grade. His second time was an 80, his third time was a 90. I mean, what can you even say about that? The guy has like a 90 PFF grade <laughs> as a receiver through 54 snaps, 52 receiving snaps. Do I expect him to stay this way? No. Do I expect him to regress? Yes. Do I expect him to regress kind of a lot? Yeah, I sort of do. Is it possible that he's just a freaking really good receiver? Sure is. And I'll tell you what, if there are issues with Christian Watson, I don't know that Bo Melton can't slide in and be a version of that. There are probably things Watson can do that Bo Melton can't, but on, on, on the issue of can he stretch a defense, they've got basically virtually the same speed. So, Yeah. Anyways, I, I just realized as you were talking, I, I have not really actually delved super deep into Bo Melton. It was just kind of a good for him for having like a day. Congrats and all that. But we're moving on, and then it's like, well, what what do I actually know about the guy? Nothing. So let's talk about the guy. So that's what we did. And I'm glad that I got an opportunity to just tell you what we just talked about for no reason. I don't know why I felt the need to narrate exactly what just happened. Let's get to Trevor.
3: Hey, Ryan, Trevor, Virginia. Um, I called in for...
2: Hello? Trevor? Trevor? All right. Trevor called back. Let's see if this one works.
3: Hey, Ryan. Trevor, Virginia. Um, The Bears are playing better. Don't get me wrong, but it's also great because I think the Bears are going to ride with Fields again next year now, and I still don't think.
2: I don't think that they will, but I hope that they do. I really do. I mean, it would be a very Bears thing to do, which is essentially, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm an idiot. So that part checks out, but it's the wrong decision. It just is, because everything you can say about the Bears, well, why would you mess with it if things are going well? Yeah, but it's not fields. If everything's going well, like your defense and DJ Moore's a really good wide receiver and your offensive line's coming together and all these things are clicking, great. So go find a quarterback. <laughs> it's like you're missing piece, bro. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, I guess he could share some more growth. I hope not,
2: but... I mean, let me put this into further context. Aside from offensive line, you could argue they have a better tight end. They certainly have a better number one wide receiver out there. I don't know necessarily about the depth, but as far as the better wide receiver, they have it. Better defense right now is the Bears. So why are the Packers a better football team? And they are, especially on offense. The difference is Jordan Love compared to Justin Fields. That's the difference. Yes,
3: we'll see. But um, yeah, and I don't think it was on this podcast, so I apologize, but I saw somewhere that... Um, you know, Joe Flacco's been lighting it up somehow since he came in, um, and it was like he has like almost as many passing yards as Justin Fields has all year, and he's played like four or five games at the most. So that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Go back, Joe. Go.
2: Yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing surrounding this is just kind of a joke. I mean, the Bears' offense is it's just not good enough. And Fields, when you look at the actual numbers, they're pathetic. Like, if they win, it's because he's, I mean, you want to talk about a game manager. I mean, they're, like, running the ball. He barely throws the ball. I mean, you look at his attempts. I mean, the guy, I don't know if it's attempts or completions, but he he doesn't have 20 in a game, like, ever. How does that even happen? I thought that was just automatic. Like, you don't throw the ball 20 times? What, what are you even doing? Like, oh, he's playing better. But yeah, he threw the ball seven times. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Good Lord.
3: Hey, Ryan Denner from California. Howdy. I was just going through stats, comparing Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, first season as a starter, 16 games.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, they're, they're, they're close, right? Some of the stuff, a little higher, a little lower, right? But you know what I just saw that made me go, oh,
1: my gosh.
2: What's that?
3: Aaron Rodgers, quarterback rating first season, 93.8. Jordan Love, first season as a starter, 93.8. Crazy. Let's right? go. Let's go, Jordan. Let's, let's not let this down versus the Bears. Let's do this. Go, Paco. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's just he just needs one more good game. You know, I mean, if we, if we end on a low note, especially if we lose, like I said, everybody has short memories. That's all anybody's going to remember. And all offseason, you know, Packer fans probably largely... Are going to be content with the quarterback situation, but the media is going to be talking down on the Packers, the Bears, and and Vikings and Lions fans are going to be like, you guys do you guys suck, and Fields is or Love is trash, whatever. Um, and there's probably even going to be Packer fans that are going to start to to buy into it, like, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of, I mean, he was good, but it was too up and down. I'm already seeing that, like he's so inconsistent, he's way up and down, and it's again, I, I saw it on TV, like it's it's perpetually based on wins and losses. They're like, he was so, like, he wasn't good. And then he was so good, and I was all the way in. And then there was the Giants game. But then, like, he's played, he played well in this game. It's like, you're just talking about the wins and losses. You're not talking about Jordan Love. Now, that's not to say he hasn't had down game. I mean, the Giants in Tampa, he graded in the mid-60s. That's not a bad game. It's just not. I mean, since week nine, which, as we've mentioned, is sort of the peak time or whatever... His lowest grade was a sixty-five. That's not a bad game. It's not like if that's your floor, what, what quarterback doesn't hit that floor occasionally? I mean, Tua has like he has uh, one, what four games? If we're talking mid sixties, including two in the fifties. So is he like just too inconsistent because he he has these bad games? Look at Dak Prescott. My good lord. I mean, Dak Prescott's playing well. You want to talk about a guy that's inconsistent, and when he's down, it's way down? He has games, so as far as mid-60s, he has a 66 against Miami, a 66 against the Jets, and then he has a 44 against Arizona, a 44 against San Francisco, and a 36 against Buffalo. When he craps the bed, bro, he craps the whole bed uh josh allen let's see 65 ish or lower 66 against dallas 66 against denver 66 against the jets 63 against kansas city 56 against new england 52 against the jets i'm specifically picking the best quarterbacks in the nfl i'm still waiting um kirk cousins who didn't even play very much had a 66 against tampa and a 58 against carolina uh lamar jackson looking at his passing oh my good lord 63 against houston 60 against la 56 against cleveland 54 against indy 53 against the chargers 51 against arizona and then finally jalen hurts these are all the highest uh he doesn't have as many he's much more consistent kind of like jordan to be honest um 65 against the jets 59 against seattle and 58 against tampa bay so let's look at jordan love and his inconsistencies since week nine um, 66 against Tampa, 65 against the Giants, and that's it. On the season, he had a 65 against Atlanta, 62 against New Orleans, 59 against Chicago, 58 against Denver, and a 47 against Las Vegas. Even if you count the first half, it's still kind of similar to some of the other guys. But again, since week nine, there's there's no, what is the inconsistency? Well, he's too up and down compared to who, but that's what you're going to hear. And you're going to hear Packer fans talking about it, which is again, why it's like, we just need one more good game from Jordan, win and get into the playoffs. And of course, if we lose in the playoffs then it's like, well, you can't win. So it's Aaron Rodgers all over again. They get in, you know, whatever people complain, no matter what, I just want Jordan to end on a high note, period. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and we'll hear from trucker, Bob.
0: Go your happy price, Priceline. Hey Ryan, this is Uncle Bob. We had a hey, great, Tucker great up? game yesterday. It was fun to watch. Sure was. We finally found a quarterback so bad they couldn't even score <laughs> on the Green Bay Packers. Yay! <laughs> so next week we go up against the Bears. We win, we go to the playoffs. We lose. We can still go into the playoffs, I guess, if the Rams lose also. But I'd rather just win and go to the playoffs. I think that would be exciting and fun. But here is my question. We go to the playoffs, all of a sudden Green Bay's defense plays like they did against the 49ers a couple years ago. When you start holding teams to 14 points or less, And we start winning games. And we get to the NFC Conference Finals or even the Super Bowl because our defense all of a sudden plays great. My question is this. Does Joe Barry get to keep his job? (laughs) I just thought I'd lay that one on you. Chuck Bob, Enjoying Happy New Year with the family. Bye.
2: Well, and I I did address this, and I'm sure you you just, you know, it was after your call, but... um... My my overall thought is we, we'd have to see. It's on a case by case basis. We gotta go through the whole process and see how it looks. Um, my my general thought is no. My general thought is, you know, we went through this last year where the defense got hot down the stretch and they looked good the and, and, and there was reason to believe that it was real. That something changed, they figured something out, they're using the guys the right way, everything was great, and it wasn't real it it didn't stay that way. It was is the same old thing all over again where it's like it feels like we're still experimenting, we're still trying different things and nothing we do works. Um and so I I I look, I mean if you want to get the most absurd situation possible where let's say we win the Super Bowl and it's largely on the back of the defense which has played well since the Minnesota game um and there's reason to believe that it's real, that they figured something out. And on top of that, we would get specific buy-in from players. Like, you don't understand, we love Joe Barry. He's he's a really good guy. I mean, I don't mean good guy in terms of his personality. Like, he's really talented defensive coordinator. He, the things he's done are, are beyond impressive. And, and again, on top of the buy-in, it's he knows how to use us. He knows the, the system, the scheme. He knows how to game plan for offenses. He knows how to call plays and make adjustments in-game. If, if we have confidence in all of those things, which we have like a decade of reasons to believe that he cannot do that, then sure, but I just don't know how we get there. But that's my criteria. If we can get to that point where I genuinely believe all those things, despite all the evidence to the contrary, if somehow he can build that case over these next several weeks, listen, if we win the Super Bowl, I'm willing to contain, entertain a lot of things. And I, I Well, and, and if the question is, does he keep his job? I think the answer is yes, if we win the Super Bowl. You don't fire your defensive coordinator after you win a Super Bowl. Um, as far as would I be on board, I, the answer is probably going to be no. But we'll see how it goes, and we'll see how good of a case he can make down the stretch here. He started off with one good game against a hapless offense. Now he's going to have to do another good game against a better offense and one of the best running quarterbacks in. Not just in the NFL but in the last like two decades. I mean he's he's it's like Lamar, Michael Vick and and uh Justin Fields. It's it's insane how good this guy is. So best of luck to you, Mr. Barry.
4: What's up? What's up? It's a run from Eau Claire. Uh fantastic game last night against the Vikings. Um very satisfying win. And I was, uh, I was laughing because after the game, I saw an article from the, uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune, which is obviously a pro Vikings, uh, sure. sports column. And, uh, he was, the headline was, Hackers Take Advantage of a Depleted Vikings Defense. And I just had to laugh because I'm, I'm sitting oh, there the going, injuries. <laughs> Depleted you want to talk about depleted, right. uh, I'm sorry, but have you seen our secondary? Have you seen our linebackers? Have you seen our uh, offensive line?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, listen, if you want to make an excuse and just say, bro, we don't have a freaking quarterback, all right, so congratulations, whatever, that's fine. Like, I get you don't have Kirk Cousins. You don't have a quarterback. That's your excuse. Do not talk to me. A de- and defense? Depleted de- See, that's them just not wanting to give credit to Jordan Love in the Packers' offense. That's just being petty and stupid. That's all that is.
4: And our receiver room, um, I, I, I was, I, I thought it was a classic uh, spin to make it look less bad than it really was from the uh, from the the losing team.
2: Well, and and that's the other thing too is they're very. You know, it's one thing to say, well, we don't have our quarterback, but how does that explain how many points you gave up, right? Well, we were injured. Oh, shut up, moron. So are we.
4: Um, I, uh, <laughs> they didn't want to give credit where credit was due, I guess. But, um...
2: Yeah, which is petty.
4: I I think Jordan Love is really playing consistently at, at this point. And, uh, I'm really happy to see it because I mean he played next to a perfect game yesterday um you know obviously there was a few missed throws or whatever but I mean you miss a few key throws and then you still get 33 points I mean that is a good freaking performance three touchdowns passing and then the one read option which I thought was super fun to watch um I just I don't know I you know if we can uh, if we can get a somehow get a stronger culture on defense I think this team is set up for a lot of fun years of football um, and uh, I, it's interesting because you know with all the as Packers fans you kind of have some baggage with defense you know we're just sticking. Seeing our defense fell down against really poor quality opponents, and just get walked all over. Um, but I, I think it's something that you, you see in a lot of teams from time to time. is like sometimes people just kind of solve the defense and have a phenomenal game. So I don't know. I don't know what we're looking for here. Part two. Hey, one, one last uh, thought. Um, Yeah, I don't know what we're looking for in terms of a defensive coordinator. Uh, I I think at some point we have to uh, at least accept that, you know, even a really good defensive coordinator, you're going to have some stinkers. Yeah. Um, You're going to have some games that, you know, you give up 30 points to an offense that gets hot. Um, Sometimes it happens, you know, the 49ers do it, the – Ravens do it, uh, You know, whoever has has the top defenses, uh, they still give up some points. They still give up some yards and some plays. Um, but
2: I- yeah, I'm just looking at the Ravens right now. They give up 31 to the Rams in Week 14 and 33 to the Browns. I mean, it happens, right? Generally, they don't. I mean, they've given up, man, games less than 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games less than 20 points and five games less than, um, less than 10 points. Six games, 10 or less, with two of them being three points. That's a really impressive defense, but to your point, you're still going to have those games. So uh, uh, that needs to be baked in to our understanding. If, if, if everything's working, but we give up 33 to the Vikings and lose one week or something, or the Lions, it's like, oh, so much for this great defense. No, this is what great defenses do, too or at least really good defenses do. <laughs> Great defenses might not allow that.
4: I think what we're looking for is a more consistent effort. And what I thought was cool about yesterday's game was, you know, you didn't have Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes was out again. Um, and, you know, Valentine and Valentine, you know, as they're not necessarily world beaters, but um, – but you're getting a lot of effort from them, and I think you know what we've seen with teams like the Lions is that if you get a team to play hard, it can really uh, go a long way. And then if you add a little bit of talent to a team like that, all of a sudden you, you know, like the Lions you've got 11 wins um, on the season so far. So. Uh, I think the Packers are real close to being a, a very strong total team next year. We're we're not going to be talking about the, the the youth as much, you know. We're not going to be sitting here going, "Oh, everyone's rookies, everyone's second year on the offense." You know, we're going to have a much more um, established uh, established. Offense, and you know we may be starting over on defense a little bit with scheme and with coaching, but um, but there's so much talent on that defense, especially up front, pass rushers. But I don't know. I mean, there. I I think if you got a a coordinator who really knew how to use all those pieces um, to their maximum potential, I think. I think next year we're going to be having a lot of fun watching this team. Hopefully. Obviously, you never know the future, but right. I'm really just having a good time watching this offense cook. Because at the end of the Aaron Rodgers era, the offense was not looking that great. And now it's finally starting to feel like a... Part three. One more thing. Uh And then I'll stop. The... I was listening to the radio broadcast on my way to my, uh, my music gig last night, um, for the first segment of the game. And it was on the way to Minneapolis so I was listening to a local, uh, to local fan, the fan or whatever, 100.3 in, uh, Minneapolis. So it was obviously, uh, Paul Allen and all the Vikings homers that were calling the game. Sure. And, um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny because, uh, uh, there was a play where, uh, Corey Ballantyne took away a pass from, from Justin Jefferson, and then, uh, Paul Allen's going, Oh, and this rookie, Corey Valentine's uh, jawing away, talking trash to Justin Jefferson. Who does he think he is? And he was, Outraged at the the nerve that this rookie corner was given to Justin Jefferson but I think after four quarters of that beat down I, uh, <laughs> I I'd love to hear what he had to say about that because it's like look like what do you think this is? Like do you think this is a tea party? I don't understand like you're not supposed to talk trash. Yeah. Um. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And if if it were me, I'd go, eh, you know, careful who you talk trash to. But guess what, Corey Ballantyne backed it up. They they gave up no less or no more than ten points, and uh, I just thought it was very satisfying after hearing him say that. So oh, don't. How oh, dare this young man hit in the face of Justin Jefferson the Great. And, uh, of course, he's a great receiver, but, uh, <laughs> as if, as if, uh, as if it's off limits or something, you know? So, anyways, um, I, uh, I was shouting pretty, pretty heartily in my car. Every time the Packers made a play, when they got the interception, when they got a touchdown, when they got first downs, I was just, I was ready to go. So it's always satisfying when uh, when people start getting a uh, a big head like the Vikings. Oh, we can get the playoffs, this, that, the other. You know, and then all of a sudden, boom, we you got your number, baby.
2: Yeah, Paul Allen's kind of a goofball. I think what he does is somewhat of a gimmick and it's fair enough. I mean, you're you're pandering as hard as you can to the Vikings and to the Vikings fans and everything and so it makes sense to throw out some stupid nonsense. Like who does he think he is talking to? Jet the great Justin Jefferson. Um I'd be it be embarrassing to find out that he's being serious as opposed to kind of doing some WWE kind of nonsense. But um yeah, I mean as far as, you know, some of the other stuff you mentioned, as far as the defensive coordinator, I I just want it to work. That's it. And and you're right. It, it work doesn't mean perfect, but you would like to see some better consistency and and a, a better top end, you know. I don't care if it's aggressive, I don't care if it's uh, you know, zone or man, I don't care if it's 4-3 three or 3-4, three, I don't care if it's, you know, they blitz a lot or very very little. I mean, you know, Vic Fangio, he he's it's just he runs, like, out of base three, four a ton. And it's pretty simplistic, but it's just executed very well. I mean, its I, I don't really care. I mean, I, I have a preference based on, like, what would be cool, but that's about it, you know? But why don't we take our final break? We'll come back and hear from Nate.
5: Man, I... Ryan, I don't know how to feel as a fan anymore because, like, I was team tank... When we, you know, we were, we were like, we won and then we, we were losing again. And then we, you know, we could have lost to the Carolina Panthers and it would have like helped us with our draft pick and ruined Chicago. And, and now like we're still, we're still in it and we won one of the two games we need to to make the playoffs. I don't know how to feel anymore. I don't believe in this defense. But I believe in this offense this is, a, this is a this is a super Bowl caliber offense already. I'm going to say that this is definitely an offense that could that could get it done in the Super Bowl today. Um, but the, this defense and the special teams are just they're such a hindrance. but here's here's my dilemma that ultimately I'm calling in to get your well,
2: let me just jump in on that real quick. I'm going to say that this is a super Bowl team tomorrow, and I get what you're saying as far as them playing well, because they are. I've already highlighted that, you know, six-ranked offense, it's good enough to get it done in my book. But here's at least what I would like to feel more confident in their ability to keep the foot on the gas and play at a high level over an extended period of time. I want the core pieces, some of which have not been on the team all year for the most part, some of which are not even on the team yet, to have more time to play consistently together. For example, in this game coming up, we could have Musgrave, which is freaking crazy, uh, we're probably going to have Watson. I think you know, we're, we're going to have most of, if not all, the you know receivers back. I'm probably missing somebody, but whatever. But I don't necessarily trust it. And it's not just the players; it's Jordan with those guys. And it's okay. What does this offense look like? It's a different offense. Matt Lafleur had to do different stuff when Christian Watson was off the field, and we had Heath and, and Bo Melton. Now that he's got these guys back on, he's got to draw up a different offense. And so I want them to be able to build the offense around these players and get them all on the same page and operating at a high level. They don't know how to do that yet. That's not to say they can't go out and smash the Bears. I would just like to be able to see that. Um, and I don't know that they've had enough time to to really build that quite yet. So that's that's the thing that I think is going to take us to another level, which is, it's. A, I mean, I'm slightly disagreeing, but we're kind of just talking about two awesome things. We're very good now, Potentially good enough to to go on a very serious run as far as the offense is concerned. However, this is nowhere near peak performance, which is awesome.
5: Your input on so uh, I think I think my curse is still uh, is still going on where I uh, the Packers played better when I don't watch the games. Oh no, um, because I was at a New Year's Eve party all of last night. I did not watch. I didn't get a single score update or anything until this morning, and we stomped the Vikings, obviously. Wow. So wow. What, what, I'm, what I'm feeling and what I don't want to happen is if there's a chance, if there's a chance that the Packers could make another sneak into the wild card spot and just go on a run through the playoffs and win another Super Bowl just like they did with Rodgers back in the day. But I have to not watch any of it happen. Like, I'm going to have to miss all of it. Because I'm because it's just it's just one of those it's one of those superstitious things. Like if I don't watch these games, are they going to just pulverize the competition and go all the way? Like is is that? It seems worth it to me, but just put yourself in my shoes. Like I, I'm going to miss all of it. Right. I won't be able to watch the Super Bowl with the Packers in it just because of my stupid superstitious brain. So I I need the Pack Daddy to answer here. I need I need an official decision. Should I watch another Packer game for the rest of the season? All right, go Pack Go.
2: Well, I'll say this. I wouldn't be able to do it. If you told me that 100% God came down from heaven and said, this is true, you are cursed, and if you watch, they will lose. Well, I guess in that case, I probably w- – I don't know. I Listen, I, I. I don't think I could do it. I can't imagine – finally, after all these years, the Packers do go to and win the Super Bowl, and I'm not allowed to watch it. I, I just I, I can't do it. And it's like, well, but if you do watch, then you're not going to see it either. It's like, I know, but I, I can't. I just can't. I can't do that. So what I would do is I would watch. We've already heard of, of, of a couple semi-broken curses, and we'll, we'll get to the solution here in a minute. But I would watch, and if things start going south – just all you got to do, go in another room. Either, you know, if somebody else, if it's just you watching it, you can turn it off, go do something else for a little while. And um, I would give it a solid 15, 20, I, I hate to say 30 because that's such a big chunk. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe give it a half hour or something and just see if things turned around. You know, like if, if uh, you turn the game on and the Packers go out and the first drive they throw a pick six, you might want to head out. And if you go out for 15 20 minutes come back and it's 7-7, maybe, you know, turn it off real quick, give it another 15 minutes and just see how like if the Packers keep doing it, you could test the water's come back and if it's like fumble bears recover, then you just got to be done. You just you got to walk away from it. Now, there is another solution that we heard about. There there there's a friend of ours who wore a Packers jersey under their church clothes and went in, and he believes, as as seems to be uh, reasonable, reason to believe, in, in in my opinion, that his jersey is now cured. And he went back and he wore the cursed jersey and the Packers stomped the Vikings. Nate, you might just have to go to church. Maybe, like, for example, let's say that we open up with a pick six. You might have to just drive to a church and, uh, you know, go speak to a pastor if nobody's there and the doors are open, maybe just just go up and, and you know drop to your knees at the altar and pray. Probably not a terrible idea anyways, Nate. I'm just saying <laughs> and uh, see how that goes. But I, I, I just, all I can say is, if you make the decision, stamp your, your, your flag in the ground and say, "I will not watch," and we go on to win a Super Bowl. You are the greatest Packer fan of all time, and in, in that in, I, I don't care what other people have done. You single-handedly won the Green Bay Packers a Super Bowl. I'm just saying I couldn't do it, and I'm trying to help you work around that as best as I possibly can. Um, and and so that that that's that would be my approach, I guess. Hello, Trevor. I'm not hearing anything. Let's go to
1: Jimmy. Hey, it's Jimmy. Happy. Freaking New Year. Yeah. And Merry Christmas for that matter. It's been a little while. I've been traveling. Went to Arizona where nice. it was, uh, really the same weather that it was here. So, nothing to brag about there. Um, but I wanted to call in. I want to tell you that I watched the game. I stayed up till 3 a.m. to watch the game last night because we had New Year's things happening. I somehow avoided, uh, temptation and any kind of, uh, spoiling to uh, watch it uh, uh, starting at like twelve thirty in the morning. And what a way to ring in the new year. Um, I'm not gonna say anything that hasn't been said before, but I just wanna emphasize uh, this receiving gore. Uh, who, who is our receiving coach these days? Cause man, whoever, he's doing it. <laughs> it, is, it is working. Um, I mean, and you got everybody contributing. Um, and of course, all stems from Jordan Love, just looking poised, um, just figuring it out and executing it. And, you know, first couple passes are a little off, um, but I have no doubt anymore that this guy is going to pull it off more times than not. Um, it's a joy. It's a joy. Uh, relaxed with that knowledge. Uh, and I'll close with this. I don't know if you recall, the last year I took my son to his very first game ever. And it was the last game of the season against the Lions, which turned out to be the Rogers' last game ever. Well, we're going to the last game this year, oh too. Boy. I thought I would make this a tradition. Doubted I could pull it off, oh but boy. it's happening. So now we get a redo. and The same stakes on the line. We get to see the Packers go against the Bears instead, with love instead, and... uh I'm just hoping. I'm hoping it all turns out. If it doesn't, I don't know that I'll be taking my son to any more Packer games. So I really, for his sake, hope that the Packers win. Uh, I, all I got to plug out right now. Go Pack, go! Uh, happy New Year! Bye bye.
0: Oh yeah,
2: that yawn always hits right at the exact wrong time. Well, I'm I'm, I'm happy you're going. Uh, I mean, I'm not happy you're going. I'm I'm excited for you and for your kid. I think that that's going to be a fun experience. I'm a little nervous about all the uh, the the negative curse stuff. The last time we had, you know, somebody call in and be like, hey, you know, here's like a curse thing, but I'm going to do it anyways, was Jersey Mike, and we know how that went with the Giants, and honestly, that curse took a while for us to pull out of. We just got out of it. And now we got Nate potentially watching the game when we think we figured that out, and we got you know you and your kid going to the game that cursed the Detroit game when we were kind of on a run last year. I mean, you know, you got to do it. You know, may- maybe come up with some contingency plans. You know, um, if if things start going south, maybe go to the concessions real quick. Nobody's going to be out there because the Packers are going to be on offense, so that'd be a good time. Go get you a hot dog and, and, a, and a you know a Coca Cola or something. You know. See how that goes. See if the, the drive starts where you can kind of peek around the corner. Um, kind of look out to the field, see if, if they're moving, and then run back and get a another hot dog or something. I don't know what else they serve there. But, uh, I mean, you know, I, I wish you the best. I do. And I hope it's a good experience, and I hope you guys have fun. And I hope that your kid is able to go to more football games because that would suck if he isn't allowed to. But, you know, Packers come first, so. All right, I'm going to button it up right here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.